Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for all things. We thank you for this time to, to preach your word, God, to your people. We open up our hearts and our minds to receive that we may learn our purpose and what you have us to know and understand. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's see our confession. God's word instructs us on how to live the right way so we can fulfill God's purpose for our living. Therefore, all that the Lord has said, I will do and be obedient. Amen. Turn your Bibles to Mark, the 16th chapter, verses 15 through 16. We're going to talk about this morning on Black History Month, last Sunday of the month, grace for every race. Somebody say grace Grace. for every race. race. Amen. Thank you. When you get that, we'll be reading from the ESV version. You get that, say amen. Amen. Let us read. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized and will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. You may have your seats, grace for every race. In this month of uh, February, as we acknowledge that we acknowledge the Black History Month, I don't know if you know that each Black History Month has a theme. And this theme is African American and voting this year. Um, the purpose for Black History Month is to remember those who contributed to the struggle of freedom and equality. It should not be a month that we remember those who hated us. And they get more acknowledgement than those who fought for us. There's nothing to learn from hate but hate. So we don't return what was given to us back to them. Amen? Especially if you're a Christ follower. Isn't that right? We also want to look at the church's places in today's culture of continuing to fight and struggle for equality and freedom for all races of people through grace for every race. I want to first of all talk about, I was told my wife that said the, uh, the video was kind of getting on some of my stuff um, in the sense of just like, like the video said, you can't go through the, the multitudes of contributions that blacks have uh, played out in American history. Black, you know, black history really okay, doesn't do us justice. We are American history. You know, we're in the fiber of of it. And if you're going to make America great again, it begins with us too. And uh, and so we're we're all in it. Like uh, we, we were, when we were slaves, we were in every war America has had. And some of the slaves went to war just so they can uh, try to get their freedom. And then, you know, we had science like George Washington Carver. Can't nobody do what he did with a peanut. The right. <laughs> inventors like Garrett Martin and invented the three lights on the stop sign. It used to be two, so that was pretty rough, right? <laughs> you driving green, red, punk. <laughs> you know what I'm so we came up with the three lights. And then we had uh, Garrett Moore, uh, not Garrett Moore, the science, George Washington. Uh, then we had medicine, the first Dr. Daniel. Harold Williams, he was the first successful heart surgeon. 
Amen. That means he didn't have none of the equipment, none of the stuff that we have today. He went in there and got, that, got the job done. And then educated Patrick uh, Healy, became the first African-American to earn a Ph.D. He was also the first to become a Jesuit priest and preside over a white college. Economics, you know, Robert L. Johnson, B.E.T., baby, the first billionaire. <laughs> and then politics, the first black president, our own Barack Obama, amen? But the, the most interesting part of uh, black history really is the art and literature, is the Harlem Renaissance. It's a really interesting study if you really look at what the Harlem Renaissance did for our nation. It was called the New, the New Negro Movement. It inspired cultural pride in African Americans to create works rooted in their own culture instead of imitating the styles of white Americans. It helped African American writers and artists gain control over the representation of black culture and experience to show African Americans talents, resilience, strengths, and intelligence. The Harlem Renaissance helped redefine how Americans and the world understood African-American culture and was the bridge that integrated black and white cultures and marked the beginning of a black urban society and a place in Western culture society. Some of the contemporaries in, in the Harlem Renaissance was uh, Langston Hughes, W.E. Du Bois, and Duke Ellington. The Harlem Renaissance was also <clears throat> the prelude to the stage for the civil rights movement of the 1950s and 60s. So I want to go and reminisce on history to bring us up and really see what we can do as a church um, to help even today's struggle with grace for every race. Amen? Amen? The first point I want to talk about it really is our, our shady past. Dealing with slavery, segregation, and civil rights. All right? So let's not, if, if you look at history, I, I'm like a history historian. And I love going back. If you start something with me, what I'm going to do, I'm going to study the history of it because everything has a beginning, all right, and everything has its origin, and everything that is today was not always the way it's supposed to be. So you got to go back to the original intent of what happened. And so if you look at slavery, we could say if we be truthful before we get angry at one race, every race and religion are guilty of being involved in the transatlantic slave trade industry. Every race. Oh, I ain't getting no amen. Every race. If you just check history, if I'm going to get mad at somebody, I'm going to go back and get check history. And I'll find out, hey, 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 what's going on here? Now, the two wrongs don't make no right, but I'm saying this, hey, we all got our hands in this. The Muslims, the Indians, the blacks, the Africans, the, the, Portuguese, or the Europeans, everybody, it was the culture, it was the mindset in those days. Not excusing it, but to understand what was going on. In fact, Africans sold Africans. And free Africans, listen to this, free African businessmen in America owned slaves. William Ellison was a freed slave. He was an indentured slave, meaning you could pay your way out, pay your debt, got out got into the cotton gin manufacturing business of South Carolina, where my wife from, and became one of the largest slave owners in South Carolina. So much so, when the war broke out, he had his sons fight for the Confederates. I'm just giving history. And we're going to get mad. We're going to get mad at everybody. 
Everybody had their what? Hands into this. All right. Two wrongs don't make no right. You got it? But at least if I'm going to get mad, I'm going to get mad at you, 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 and all that. I'm going to get mad at the culture. I'm going to get mad at all of it. Okay. Let's go through this timeline. Slavery, segregation, and civil rights. Very quickly. 1619, indentured service came uh, to Jamestown. Now, listen, they came as indentured service. I mean, they could pay their way out. That's the, that, that was the mindset. They can pay their way out. They came out, they can pay their way out. It, it wasn't generational. 1766, Chantel slavery was in, institutionalized. That means now it institutionalized slavery. That means you could not pay your way out. You was a slave for life, and your children were slave for life. That's the change in, in the act of slavery, all right? In 1863, Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation. In 1864, 13th Amendment abolished slavery. 1868, 14th Amendment given all rights of citizenship uh, African-American men. And the 15th Amendment was the right to vote for men. Amen? <clears throat> the Reconstruction in 1877 was when the, uh, <clears throat> the North had the, the Union Army go down and protect the blacks as they were trying to get their freedom. And they had the restructure. But when they took the blacks out, that's when you start getting the black codes and the Jim Crow laws that started segregation, all right? And the, the intention of that was to neutralize, keep blacks ignorant, and keep them in low play, uh, play and rage jobs because they didn't understand. They, they were afraid that three million black slaves were free. Now, what would they do? So we have to suppress these people, all right, because we don't know if they're going to uprise against us. So they, get, they, so they did sick, uh, uh, Jim Crow laws segregation to, to neutralize you and keep you in your place. You got it? <clears throat> and then uh, in 1964, now check this out. Now, this is 1870, now we, we in 1964, we get the Civil Rights Act that eliminates, in 1964, took that long to pass a law to eliminate segregation. Then in 1965, uh, they reiterated the Voting Rights Act and all these other little acts that try to stop us from voting and empowering ourselves. You got it? So it took 102 years, people. From the Emancipation to the Civil Rights Act of 64 and the Voting Rights of 65 to overcome Jim Crow laws and put blacks on a, a level playing field, but really it wasn't, okay? This means in 2020, we're only 55 years removed from really being free. My God. Amen. So when people say, what's wrong with y'all? Well, hey, man, it's only been 55 years. Right. <laughs> we're still working on this thing. We still have what's called residual effect because in the Jim Crow laws, one of the stipulations was to keep you ignorant. Amen. So that means you didn't, we didn't have the best schools or the best educations. So we were behind. And so even after 65, you see there's still this even today in the, in, and even in some of the tension when you even talk about it, about the mistrust of the white race. In their motives and police, like police never get it, the brutality of police. So that's why you see a lot of things after 65. You get the 67 riots, the 68 riots, and then you get uh, Rodney King in 92. Can we all just get along? And then you, you get Michael Brown and Ferguson in 24. We still got issues, underlining issues of trust, brutality, and all that. Uh, of feeling like we're second-class citizens 
and, and wanted to be accepted in American society. But, but the, the profound thing, though, about it all is this, it's been <clears throat> only 55 years that you could say that we, quote unquote, really, you know, have this thing we call American freedom. Amen? Then number two, point two is, what's the present conflict? Our racial and cultural divide. We have a racial and cultural divide still in America, all right? Called racism, prejudice, and bigotry. Let's break down what the, each one means. Racism is a race of people, let's read together, who consider themselves superior over other racial groups and create systems to retain that power. Jim Crow law, okay? Racism is a people who pass laws to retain the power over other people, all right? Now, they say in America, if you're not the majority of the one in the power, you can't be a racist because you ain't got the power. But you can be prejudiced. Let's read that definition. Is when a what? A person negatively prejudges another person or group without getting to know them, all right? Their beliefs, thoughts, just just carte blanche Cop bunch of all. Ah, white people. Ah, black people. Just pray. Just, you don't even know me. And, and just all. We just blanket statement. Yeah, all of them, you know. Well, I wouldn't say all of them because one of the most influential people in my life was a white man. So if you told me all white people bad, I said, no, nah, no. Nah, Mr. Layton, Al Layton, who, you know, he took me under his wings and he kept me out a whole lot of trouble. So I don't, I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't think Rob Fields would say anything about Chief who helped him. So let's not blanket all. And they can't blanket all us. You got it? But that's what prejudice do. You got it? And then bigotry is the acting out of discriminatory behavior toward people because of their race, politics, religion, or etc. So we can all be bigoted. All right? We can all be pressured into something. All right? Listen, racism, prejudice, and bigotry are not inherited traits. Babies don't come out, black babies don't come out hating white babies. And white babies don't come out hating Chinese. That's learned behavior. Come on now. Talk to me. That's learned behavior. You you got learned behavior. You know, come to think about it, let me just stop this right here. Let let me just say that, you know, my parents, when I was, uh, it didn't affect me because I guess I was too young. I was in fourth grade, and my brother was in, in um, seventh grade, eighth grade. And they moved what we call the inner city out into the county. And, uh, and it was, you know, it was, you know, called it white flight. Well, we was white fighting with them. We were going right there out there. And uh, we moved in the neighborhood. My parents had their house built, and uh, I was raised there. And I, the reason I bring this up, because we're talking about Black History Month, right? You know, I need to go back to that school because I was the first black kid at that school. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking, about, hey, hey, man, y'all, my picture should be up here somewhere. I mean. <laughs> but, but, but God blessed me, and I could, maybe I was young and didn't. All I remember being, being on the playground, and I was playing with the kids, meaning they didn't have no inherent racism in me. But I remember teachers pointing at me. And I didn't know, you know, I guess they were saying, we got a black one. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I don't know. You know, there's a point. I just remember to this day, remember, I, I remember, it must have been a profound point because I remember the pointing at me, right? And I was wondering why he pointed. And then I remember this. 
I had got there, and this was kind of unfair. I got there that week, and they gave me their spelling test. Now that I'm thinking back on it, right? I'm saying, they didn't give me a whole week, because I remember getting down there, and they were saying, in a week, we got a spelling test. I said, what? I'm fourth grade? Okay, I would. And what they were doing, because they didn't trust I came, where I came from. They wanted to see how. And thank God I passed that test, because they were sitting and waiting on to set me back. That's the view. So I, I understand. I remember being on the corner uh, uh, be, uh, doing patrol. I don't know if they do that anymore. We had patrol. We had the, the little orange belt, you know, do all this. Y'all, y'all remember them days, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I remember going out there, and I was patrolling on the corner, and the, and, and the, and the car stopped, and rolled the window down. He said, hey, nigga. And I okay. But it never, I never took it to my heart. I said, okay, just as long as they don't hit me, I ain't, I'm cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, was, I was cool, you know what I'm saying? But I never turned around and said, all white people are like that. Because, again, I had Al Layton, I had some other people in my life that refuted that kind of mindset about all people. Okay? And so that was my sense of growing up in, <clears throat> in that kind of thing. So... <clears throat> I understand racism, is prejudice, and bigotry is evidence of man's broken relationship with God. That's what it all is, people. I mean, once we get disconnected with God, if we can't get along with God, it's impossible. Hear me now. Impossible for races to get together and get along with one another. And they all on TV talking about, and, and, all, and it's all good. It's all good. It's all uh, admirable to, to say we need all to come together. We do. Great. But we cannot come together until we first get reconciled back to God. Then it's supposed to be reconciled with human race. Human race will never, people, never. You can march all you want. You can march on Washington. You can march on Jerusalem. You can march on all of them until we reconcile back to God. We as a people and a race of people are never going to reconcile back to one another. That's just not going to happen. All right. So that's pessimistic. That ain't pessimistic. That's just the truth. It's just not going to happen because we see each other in the exterior. And so we divide on those premises. So let me show you some of the divides <clears throat> that go on in our culture today. First of all, um, we can say religion. There's a white church versus black church. Can I get an amen? amen. Most of y'all black out there. <laughs> Ain't that right? Shame, 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 because God don't want us to be like that, but shame, shame. But it started like that because we were introduced to to Christianity, and that's a whole long history about really where we were introduced to it. But we got it here, and uh, once they gave us the Bible and everything, uh, and we began to start our churches, they didn't well to get the AME, the African Methodist Church. I mean, so they still were segregated, all right? And and because black pastors are skeptical of white uh, churches because of the historical past, right. all right? And they were slave owners. They, they, they used the Bible to enslave. They preached slavery in the church, took passages. They had their own black Bible. They took out passages of freedom and kept the passages of slavery in there and gave it to the slaves to read. That, that, that's just history now, okay? And they even thought that, they even tried to rationalize in their head that <clears throat> that the West 
The, Christ, the Christianity was called by the providence of God to Christianize Western Africa by enslaving them and giving them the Christian religion. That's the, that's the justification of it all. Okay, don't make it right, but that's, that's, that's what it is, right? And so you have the, the black church today don't really trust the white church because of the, the background. <laughs> and, and in the sense of, uh, uh, this, this, this is crazy stuff, man. Now, listen, we, it, when I say unity, we can all do good if we all come together. You know, see, the evangelical church, right, the one that we, we say uh, is, uh, you see on TV with uh, President Trump, the evangelical church, right, they're interested in morality. If you ever listen to the message, abortions, you know, things that deal with sin, you know, they, they, they're dealing with that. You listen to the black church and Democrats, they're dealing with social issues, how to take care of them. Because the black people in the black church historically said the church will take care of my spirituality. We want the government to take care of my social issues. Well, white churches said, I ain't got no social issues. We got everything. We need morality. So you got two good messages, but they can't come together because they don't trust each other. We do need morality and we need social. But because they despise each other, they don't talk to each other. And then y'all got, they got y'all all in the middle hating each other. <laughs> and they ain't got nothing to do with God. Well, it has to do with they pick and choosing what they call is important. So it came to the church. So division and cultural uh, conflict and racial cultural divide is in the church. We bring it up in the church. We bring our racial divide in the church. We bring our blackness in the church. Yes, we do. We view things through the church. I'm going to show you. We view it through our races. Not racism, but our race. Our culture. What kind of music y'all got? You don't book, you don't book enough. That's Give me some gospel. Where's Danielle? Give me the two four. Huh? And so we bring racism. We already know who you're going to vote for. You ain't asking God. You already know who you're going to vote for. Don't get mad. Just, just. Can we see lightning? Can we see how we view things? And we turn the same bigotry that was on us on one another if we have an opposite opinion of what you have. If, if I sit there and say, man, in 2008, you better not be black and not vote for Obama. You better not have another choice. See, that's bigotry. That's prejudice. Why can't I vote for somebody else? Somebody PK me and said, this is why you can't vote for it. And then we say things that are, are, are bigoted or prejudiced when we say things like, you know, why you vote for him? Because he's black. But then if the white man say, I'm voting for the white, the white president, because he's white. Oh, hey, what? But we can, get, we, we can do this, but you can't. So now, you know, you, still, you, got, you can't say you're voting for anybody other than, I remember growing up, grandmama, grandma used to always tell me, Key, 
Can't get watch them Republicans. They're gonna take, and it's always social stuff. Right. You know, they're gonna take our social care. Oh Lord, he get in there, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Ronald Reagan is all going down. Oh Lord Jesus, oh God. You know, it was, it was always going down when these guys get into office, right? right? So being a kid, being impressionable, trying to learn, right. when these people get in, I'm looking like, oh God, oh God, oh God. <laughs> I'm looking for, I'm looking for it to all fall, right? So after four years, grandma's still eating everything, going fine. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> What, 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 what happened? And then it got eight years in there. I'm saying, like, what, what happened? Then I got into the military. And he was giving me a raise. I said, hey, hey. <laughs> I'm a Republican this week. <laughs> and whatever the raise, and now, come on, military people. You know every time. If we're going to get a raise, it's a Republican president. I mean, all right, you may not have voted for him, but you knew a raise was coming. <laughs> All right? So that's, that's truth. Amen. All right? And so, and I'll talk about politics and how they all got to suck it in, and you got to watch it, uh, what you're talking about. Then economics. We've, we're, we're struggling now with capitalism, private-owned and socialism. You're going to hear that a lot now. All right? You're going to hear that word. Listen to me. You're going to hear that word socialism. Amen. Community. Dividing the wealth, you know, redistribution of wealth because it's unfair to some people. So let's redistribute the wealth. Well, <clears throat> there's not very many social countries really making it good. All right? And there, no, no, no government is perfect. Okay? And so I don't hate on nobody. If, if, you, if you listen, God's economy, it didn't matter how rich you was, everybody's giving 10%. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And God didn't say, oh, you know, he, no, he said, he told rich people in the Bible a lot of times, he says, now you can give more. I mean, you know, not in the taxes, but he was saying basically, you know, give because you got it, okay? But it wasn't like that, man. It's like, okay, it's like we hate people because they become a billionaire. But, well, if they did it legally and they did it all right, what's the problem? Why should I punish them if they did it legal, right? While you were sleeping, they was working, so what's the problem? While you stopped going to school, they kept going to school. What's the problem? Why they took risks and opened up businesses and, and you don't know how many times they flunked at it before they got to where they are. You didn't take no risks. So what's the problem? Right. It's, tell the whole story, man. Right. Right. Don't be hating on people because they're rich. Because if, if you hate on people if they're rich, why do you try to move in their neighborhood? Uh. <laughs> why do you try to drive their car? Why do you try to ride their car? Why do you try to wear their purses? Why do you try to... If you hate them so much, you would not even want to have nothing they have on them because you don't want to look like them. But why do you want to look like them if you hate them? Just a question. Just don't, let's not be a hypocrite now. Education, private and public. Politics, Democrat versus Republicans. Now, listen, these people, now y'all can do what y'all want to do, but they just, they playing games with us. No, no, they, 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 want, they divide and conquer. And everything is based on fear. If he get in, it's always going to be like this. Listen for it. If they get in office, oh, this is going to happen. If they get in office, oh, this is going to happen. It's never based on anything positive. It's always based on don't let them in because this is what's going to happen to you. It's always negative, and it divides us. They divide and they conquer, and we fall into that. And we don't know what they're doing behind in the room. We'll, all we know is what they come out and tell us. <clears throat> let, me, let me give you an example like this. How many of y'all ever read the Constitution all the way through? That's what I thought. 
So we are, we are at their mercy when they talk about Constitution. Because you don't know the Constitution. You just, whatever they say, that's it, that's it. Why don't you go pick it up and go read for yourself? Instead of relying on people who have an agenda of telling you. If I know, Martha, you don't read, I don't fear you. So I can tell you anything, and you're going to believe me, you're going to follow me. I fear those who will go to the Constitution, start reading and start asking me questions about what I just got done saying. Just like y'all do when I quote the scriptures, you tell me, that ain't right, Pastor. That ain't right. You ain't quote that right. Get in the Bible. Well, why don't you tell them? That ain't right. Get into the Constitution. Get in the Constitution. Why don't we study the Constitution like you tell me? So I'm like, I ain't going to walk up anybody. I had a, I had a chance, <clears throat> a good friend of mine who had the entry into the, uh, going to see the president and wanted me to go. I said, no, nah, man, I ain't going on it. I ain't got time for all that. I ain't got, I ain't got time for no photo ops. I ain't, got, I ain't got time for all that. God didn't call me to do all that. Now, I ain't against people who go do that. But I ain't got time for all that. Because I got to get a church that is divided back together. I got to talk to a church about grace for every race. And I got to get racism out of the church. So I ain't got time to be dealing with the world's racism. Because the world's condition is because of our condition. If we can get it together, maybe the world can see how this thing's supposed to work. But as long as we bring our little attitudes up in here, as long as we act like we black and not Christian, as long as we act like we white and not Christian, then the world says, y'all just like us. And then they play on us. President Trump, he don't know no, no, no Bible, but he know how to get votes. What y'all want me to say? Okay, yeah, hey. <laughs> All of them, they don't care. I heard them, I heard them, I heard them use the Bible. And I'm going to show you, you don't use the Bible. The Bible too, too, too smart for that. But they use it. They misuse the Bible. And we don't go to the scripture and find out how they misquoted it. They used the Bible when the towers came down. President Bush or President Obama, one of them, went and used the scripture in Isaiah to talk about bringing the tower back up because the tower got torn down. They built it back up, and it sounds so good. It was right out the Bible. But you look at it in context. The reason God allowed it to get torn down was because they judged the nation. So instead of seeing God just judge the nation, we're talking about building something back up after God judged it. Anytime you open the Bible, people go to the scripture and make sure they ain't get, get that thing jacked up. Amen. Trying to get votes. Amen? Amen? I'm just trying to help us out. I'm just kind of, this, is good, this is good black history money. It's good, good, it's good. It's good, it's good. It's good. No, no, really. No, man. No, we need to come together, man. You know, I, I'm going to get in trouble. I understand. I understand. Pastors in the, in, in the pulpit, man, just kind of swaying people one way and swaying up. Like these guys walking with God. These guys ain't walking with God. Amen. These guys walking with politics, man. And then this, check this out. I'm going to get in trouble now. But okay. Because I'm all in. I'm in this. One thing about PK, I'm all in on God, y'all. Okay? I'm all in on God. Now let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. And go study your Bible. Check it out. I think it's around Philippians 321, something like that. It says my citizenship is in heaven. I understand, Trina, the sacrifice 
of all those great leaders that we had died for my right to vote. Okay? So I, I'm not ignoring that. See, y'all got to hear my whole context. I'm not denying all that. But where's my citizenship? So the culture says, I got to vote. I got to vote. That ain't the Bible. The Bible says my citizenship is in heaven. I ain't got to vote. I'm just, I'm, just a, I'm just a pilgrim here in America. And if they don't go along with what God said, go along, I ain't voting for nobody. Now y'all go ahead and do what y'all want. No, no. Until we infiltrate the, the political scene, get into it, stand on Jesus, then we don't have no influence in politics, man. But then people, did he just say not to vote? No, go vote. Do your thing. Did, did I say Pastor Key? Pastor Key. You got it? If you're not an influencer to change the party in what you're supposed to be doing for God, then nothing's going to change, people. Nothing's going to change. All we're going to do is sit around and complain. Well, then go, 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 go run for office then. I'll get behind anybody sit there and say, they, you ain't gonna get, you know, you're probably not going to get voted in, but you, you know, you just go out there and tell them what you're going to stand for. <laughs> you know, as soon as you say you're a Christian, nah, you out, you know. But that's all right. Get on the PTA. Don't quit complaining about school. Get on the PTA. Get on the educational board. And they're right, right, what's the, what's the, the school board? Go on, run for that. Don't, the school system going down. Shut up. Get involved, get run for office, and make a change. All we are couch complainers. Sit on the couch that's complaining. Ah, that right, that right, that right, that right. What you doing? Got me all upset now. Number three, the church and reconciliation. Now, this is what the church is supposed to be doing. Now, this is what we both do. I've been doing all that stuff, right? This is what we're supposed to be doing, y'all. The church and reconciliation. Grace, what? For every race. Mark, now this is what he told Christ followers to do. Okay? You can do what you want to do. But he told Christ followers to do this. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel, the grace, to the whole nation, all races. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Now, check this out. We are all one. Acts 17, 26 says, and he has made the, from what? One blood, every nation of men, to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Listen, we he made one blood. That means it ain't no black, white, it's all red. And it's the blood of Jesus Christ that we're supposed to be looking at. Romans 3.23 says we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we all in that. We all one in this, people. And then Philippians 2.10 says this, that the name of Jesus... Every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on the earth and of those under the earth. And at every what? Tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is all coming, people. I don't care what you say. You, we all one day going to bow out and confess that Jesus is Lord. What is God doing through Christ? Now, now, now this is the plan of God. Now, this, this is this now. This is the plan of God. Get excited. I'm, I'm letting you in, the Bible letting you in on the plan of God. What is God doing? This is what he's doing. God has now revealed to us his mystery. Will regarding Christ. What is this? Which is to, to fulfill his own good what? What is his plan? And this is the plan. 
that at the right time he will bring what? Everything. everything. The races. Everything. What? Together. Under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. So God's working on bringing us all together. So why ain't we working on bringing everybody together? You can't be a Christ follower and be prejudiced. Because you can't bring all the races together. Got to bring them all together. Is that what's going to happen? Why is he trying to do it? He's trying to use the church to do that. That's his plan. My current struggles, like I said before, started in the church. Look at this. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, what happened? There were rumblings of discontent. Why? The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers saying that their wit- widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. See that? They went from sharing, from 432, from sharing common unity to, to start discriminating. In the beginning of the church, we would bring the cultural differences in. And say, ah, oh, look at it. See, the, the, the Palestinians who spoke Hebraic thought they were better than them. Because these were Jews who were out in the Greek, and they knew Greek. So they, they had a kind of up in the air about themselves. So when they came in, they said, look at them. They'll serve us first. Where'd they get that from? The culture. They brought it into the church. What has the church done? Brought the culture into the church. Look at them. Look at that. Oh, my God. Look, oh, my God. Look at this. Culture comes into the church. I don't get no amen. I know it's the truth. Listen to this. Today's vision of church, we put race before God. We bring culture into the church. And we teach and worship from a racial perspective. We view it through that. We do. The gospel, listen to this, the gospel is not a social political movement, but a spiritual movement to call everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to, unto God by his grace in Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the gospel, people. It is not a social political movement. It's a spiritual movement of repentance that we're all guilty before God. No matter your economic status, no matter what, you're all guilty before God. That is our common denominator before God. We're all sinners. We all need to come repent. That's the common denominator. Race has never become a common denominator. Never will be. Get back to the message to bring everybody together under one common denominator. You a sinner, I'm a sinner. We all need to repent and get back with the Father so we can love one another. Look at this. Now it says this. Acts 17.30. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things, how they are sought out him in earlier times. But now, he commands what? Everyone to do what? To repent of their sins and turn to him. God, if we can just do this. Now look at this. This is revolutionary time when they're speaking this stuff in this day. Listen to this. There's, neither, there's no longer what? Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. God, that, 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 that stunned him like, What? What he was saying is, Jew or Gentile, there is no such thing as a race in Christ. Then he said, there is what? Slave or free. They mean your status is gone in Christ. Then he said, your male and female, he says, your gender doesn't matter in Christ. You're all one in Christ. What is he saying? That me and Martha, and I look at this person, I look at this person, and we all see one another, not through our race, Martha, but we see each other through our identity in Christ that brings us together. Because our race will always divide us. Race for every grace. 
So when I see my white brother, I reconcile him to myself because I see Christ and not the whiteness of his skin. Listen, grace for every race eliminates discrimination based upon race, social status, or gender because we are all one in Jesus Christ. Equality for all races will never come by legislation, but by revelation in Jesus Christ. You will never legislate people to like one another, but Jesus Christ can. <laughs> Y'all, you missed the time to shout. Listen, you can't legislate. Hey, they, they passed the 13th Amendment, 14th Amendment, 15th Amendment, the Civil Rights Act. I mean, the Civil uh, uh, Rights Act and the Voting Act, Act, and they still was fighting against it. All they needed was a little Jesus. <laughs> All they needed a little Jesus in the right flavor. Without the racial overtone in it, the right Jesus is in there that says we're all one in Christ. We look at each other. I'm going to check this out. We look at each other from a new perspective in Christ. Let me show you the difference. Everybody see that? Black Christian external image of race. When your black is an adjective to your now Christian, you will see Christianity through black eyes. When you start with black, you will make your Christianity black because you look at race. But if you make Christianity the, the adjective and black the now, now your Christianity will change your blackness to see people right in the eyes of God. Amen. That's key. You denying your color? Some people ain't listening. That's cool. I'm a Christ follower living in the black experience because they give me a black body. But I view things through my Christian eyes. I feel the same thing you feel when I get on the elevator. I'm the only black person there and two white ladies. I feel the same thing, people. But I began to pray, say, Lord, give me a witness. Give me a witness, Lord. Don't help me like that. I don't get there talking about, huh, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, lose, I don't throw my Christianity down because I know who I represent. Everybody know, you know, that we deny that all human race started in Africa. Everybody understand that, people. But it has nothing to do with, ultimately, all things began in God, not Africa. So I don't stop in Africa. I go back. What did I say? If we started in Africa, where did we come from in Africa? Oh, it went back to God. I go back to God. You stop in Africa. Amen. To get my perspective right. <sighs> I'm hoping I'm helping somebody get some there. Now look at Revelation says. This, was, this, is, this is the end. This is where you're going. Let's read it together. Now if you don't want to go there and you got, you got some hate for some people, then you ain't going to heaven. Let's read it. After this I looked and behold what? That no one could what? From what? Got, dog it. Every nation. I bet you some former slave owners, all that kind of stuff going to be up in there. From, from all tribes and peoples and languages. Standing with what? Before the throne and before the lamb. Clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. Race don't matter at that time, people. It's time to shout. Now, because look, look what they said in verse 10. And crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Now, come on, people. 
That's what's, that's what's going. That's where we're going. Somebody say grace, grace. for every race. So I can't wait. My, 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 uh, one, of, one of the people I want to see in, in heaven is a white man, Al Layton. He, he passed, and his son, who I became a good friend with because he was half deaf and the, and the kids didn't want to play with him, but he was my buddy, and I protected him. His mama still, she's on Facebook, she's 80, 80 something years old. She said, I love you, where you just take care of Mike. Mike passed two years ago, right? But he, but he was one of my best friends, and he was a white guy. And I buddied him up because people would tease him because he would talk funny because he couldn't barely hear it, so his speech was funny. Right. And they would try to say, leave him alone. We played basketball together, and his dad took me in, and it's like that. So I can't wait to see some white people when I get to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. I may offend some of y'all, but that's okay. But I know everybody in every race ain't bad. And some of us kind of bad. That's why we're trying to move out the neighborhoods now. When you go home, how many people you pass in your neighborhood white? So you, you, they ain't all bad. You in their neighborhood. Did I say something wrong? Okay, let's look at this. Let's end it with this. I want Let's go through these. These, these are things, man. That these people just turned me on, man. These are people I admire, and I want to, I want, they, they have set the thing for me, right? And I want to, them to be proud of me when I see them one day. Amen. All right, so look at the quotes, and then take it personal. Look what this Francis Douglas said. Now, he used to be a slave. He, he'll say, what's wrong with y'all? I used to be a slave. The soul within me, no man can degrade. So he's talking to us today. Take that for you. It's like, oh, yes, this, a slave. Take it from him. So when you start complaining, like, wait a minute. Fred Douglas said this. Then he said this. What did he say? There is no Negro problem. The problem is whether the American people have loyalty enough to honor enough patriotism enough to live up to their own constitution. He wrote, and he was a silver, and he, a, a, a bottle, uh, he fought against, yeah, thank you. He was that. <laughs> and he fought. I want him to make him proud. I want, him to, I want him to be proud. I want him to know he didn't die for, for foolishness. He didn't die for me to be on the pole. He didn't die for me to be sexually promiscuous and just having babies everywhere. He, he didn't die for all that. He died for me to get my brain right, educate myself. Next one. Booker T. Watch. Character's what? So I'm going to work on power. He told me today, character's power. Got your book and thank you. No, let, let these people talk to you. Two ways of exerting one's strength is what? One is pushing down, and the other is pulling up. Former slave, talking to you. Go ahead. Each person must live their life as a model for others. Talk, Rosa. And we, we got people on TV talking about, I'm not a role model. Now, then Rosa didn't say that. This is about Black History Month. This is about remembering those who went before us, taking their quotes and making them proud. Let's not forget. See, we have one, one. No, it's not one month. We should live our life to make them proud. Oh, this is my girl here. This is my girl. Listen. No, no, just read about her. That's my girl. Listen to this. I had reasoned this out in my mind. There was one of two things. I had a right to liberty or death. Now, this is, this, 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 this. she got the underground. This is her mindset in the underground railroad. 
This is my girl. This is my new girlfriend. Sorry, this is my girlfriend. Talk, talk to me, Harriet. What'd she say? I would have the other. I should fight for my liberty as long as my strength lasted. And when the time came for me to go, the Lord let me. The only book, listen now, the only book, you want to see this, the only book that slaves really had was the Bible. And there was a great influencer to black people. And it used to be the great influencer to black people until we got educated. And then we don't need a Bible, we don't need a church no more because we too educated. But if you read these quotes from these slaves, they would always go back to the Bible because that was the first book they learned. Sojourner. Now, Sojourner, now she's a woman active. You got to watch her. I, I, you know, me and her talked talk the other day. And she, I, come on, Sojourner. Now, watch it now. now so some things she's going to be saying, I love her so much. She got three quotes. I said, oh, my God, Sojourner. But we, we, we talked. I said, man, when I see you, we got to talk about some of this stuff. She said, when I got religion, see, what I tell you, they, the first thing they got was religion. You see? I found some work to do to benefit somebody. Let them talk. This is Black History Month. Let them talk to you. Come on. Come on, black activists. Come on. They're talking to you. Look at my girl. Look at this. What's he said? The Lord gave me sojourner. See? Back to the Bible, right? Because I was what? Two up and down the land showing the people their sins. And being a sign of them. Afterwards, I told the Lord I wanted another name because everybody else had two names. And the Lord gave me truth because I was to declare the truth to the people. God, uh, come on. God. Wait, what's, wrong with us? what's wrong with us, man? Talk to me, soldier. Come on, baby. Now, listen, I love it. This thing is out. That little man in black there, oh, she, she was a woman activist, okay? She said, what she said, see that, that, then that little man in the black there, she talking about a preacher, okay? What she say? He says women can't have as much rights as men because Christ wasn't a woman. Where did Christ come from? From God and a woman. Man had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Woo! Now, why am I going to say to her, she come out of oh, soldier, come on, soldier, come on, baby. But look, no, no, no. Look at their intelligence of the Bible. Because the first book they got was what? You don't know your roots. Your roots started in the church. And now you got a little money and you're going to get yourself out the church. You need to get back to your roots. If this is Black History Month, there's time to get back to the church and read the Bible. Come on. Look at this. I had to make my own lit. Now, she is the first millionaire. And she was a hairstylist. That's what Marty said. Amen? And you should see some of the pictures she got. She's driving nice. And got all the women up in the car with her. Now, think about this, people. This is back in those days. Look what she say. I, now, she's talking to us. All you talking about, what can you do now? She said, listen, talk to, talk to me, madam. Talk to us. What would you tell us? I can't make it. Or oh, listen to what she said. I had to make my own living. Now, think about what she talking about back when she talking about. And my own opportunity. But I made it. Don't sit down and wait for opportunities to come. Get up and make them. That's Black History Month. Talk to me, history. 
And they had it worse than us. In the left. My man. Let no man what? Pull you low enough to hate him. So what you around hating folk? He said, oh, no, this is Martin. Y'all like Martin? He's okay. Then let's, let's listen to Martin. Let's do what Martin said. He said, don't let no man pull you down that you hate him. Don't do that. Why, Martin? I have decided to stick with love. Why, Martin? Hate is too great a burden to bear. So Martin was sitting here today. Martin would tell him, what's your problem? Why are you hating on people? They ain't going to pull, pull them down. Don't let them pull you down. Don't let them do that to you. And the last. Yes, we can. Amen. If, if Barack was here, Barack would be saying, yes, we can. We go from slavery to the first, put it back, the first black president. Now, his name, Barack, means praise. One who praises. He's prophetic because he does not come from an African-American seed. His daddy was African. God got a sense of humor. He went to Africa, got a pure seed, impregnated a woman whose ancestors were slaves, owners, and then made the first black president not from our mindset, but from an African mindset. God didn't even use our seed, people. He went to Africa to get the seed. And then told America, you're going to vote somebody in who has an ancestor name. His name, he don't even have a slave name. Oh, y'all don't hear me. He don't even have a slave name. His name not Henry Winkler. No, no, think, think about it. No, that's profound. Think about it. The first black president has an ancestor name to remind us, yes, we can. Can you imagine these people? All right. And when you the first, you ever read her book, Michelle? The amount of weight, pressure that was on them to be the first. Because the first, you're either going to make it for everybody or you're going to make it worse for everybody. So she could, they couldn't do nothing. And I think, now I don't agree with all his policies, but as for his integrity and character and the way he held himself and walked in there. Uh, hey, 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 you, you no, 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 I, I admire his character. He ain't had no craziness come out, called, come out, he, you know what I'm saying? What, whatever he did was clean. Because you know anybody can give a whole bunch of money talking about what they know about him. And nobody can come out and say they know anything about him. That's something to admire and, 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 and respect, people. I can't imagine him. You know, you got the black people talking about, what you going to do for us, bro? And then you got the white people, white people over here, which you don't understand. When you are a part of the Democratic Party, you got to do what they say. Or they will get you out of there. So he wasn't free to do what he wanted to do. Got to understand politics. You are in a Democrat. You do their platform. You don't do your own stuff. So he got all this pressure. Then his wife don't know how to act because she ain't never seen a black first lady before. So if she looked like this, they tell her she looked like that. She looked like a mean black woman. If she looked like this, then she's showing her muscles too much. And they look like this. She looked like she's too tall. Like this, she just can't do nothing. You go through eight years of foolishness like that. 
And then you got somebody running around talking about if he's born here or not. Right. Yeah. Then, they get, then they get in the White House and then folks start jabbing at them. Then he get all mad. Right. Well, you spent eight years running around talking about if they legit. Well, now people going to chase you eight years talking about are you legit? What you sow, you reap. That's all that happens, people. So I'm done. But Black History Month, but thank God we made it through. God bless you. Stand to your feet.